0: I pray, Father, that the Word of God will become alive this morning. And Father, we thank you in advance for a great and a wonderful service. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody shout, Amen. Okay, I do not know whether the PowerPoint will be working, but nevertheless, oh, it's working, praise God. Now guys, this is a season of Advent. Advent, just before Christmas, every Christian, all of us, will celebrate and actually have to go through a period of Advent. Now, what is the meaning of Advent? Advent, if you actually um, study it, the word Advent means waiting, hoping, in anticipation. So really, just before Christmas, God allows us to go through a period of Advent, a period of waiting, a period of anticipation, and a period of hoping that the promise of God will eventually come to pass. Because truly, truly, The children of Israel was waiting for the coming of the Messiah ever since it was prophesied, almost for 2,000 years. And even when they had to go through a period of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that is about 400 years. Yet the children of Israel never stopped waiting, never stopped hoping, never stopped anticipating. For the promise of God to eventually come to pass. And I can tell you this. When finally Emmanuel came into this world. On Christmas Day. Yes, it was a one day event. But I can tell you this. The whole world and Israelites especially celebrated with great joy. Why? Because their period of waiting has finally ended. Jesus finally came into this world. How many of you can say amen? Now, therefore, the period of Advent, the season of hope, the season of expectation, the season of waiting for God's promise upon our life to finally come to pass is actually a very important season as well. As much as we celebrate Christmas, God also wants us to appreciate season of Advent. In fact, if you study it, Almost every significant Christian calendar, right? You know, we celebrate the two most significant events as a Christian. The first one is Christmas. The second one is Easter, the day Jesus died, right? And again, even when we have to go through Easter, God expects us, or the Christian tradition will always celebrate a period of Lent. What is a period of Lent? It's a period of preparation. A period of setting us apart so that we can get to enjoy the fullness of God's blessing during Easter period. You know what, church? Season of Advent, season of preparation, season of waiting, season of hope, they are not curses. (laughs) You know, we Christians, right? Especially Singaporeans. We hate when people make us wait. Okay, right? When we have to wait, We think that we're being punished. We think that somebody is not making things easy for us. So, when we go to the clinic, when we go to the hospital, when we go to the bank, right? When we wanted to change something, and they said, please wait for three hours. Wah, immediately. Okay, right? All your Christian spirit and characteristics left you. Hallelujah, right? Okay, right? Why? Because we think, right, that when people make us wait, they are actually making us suffer. They are making us miserable. Waiting is a miserable activity for us, especially Singaporeans. But I can tell you this, Advent is actually a season of waiting, a season of anticipation. And I can tell you this, God is telling us here today, if you wait, when God make us wait, they are not curses. They are not sufferings that God intended for you to suffer. Who can say amen? But it is actually conditions. You know, in Indonesian, (laughs) syarat. Right? Conditions for you to experience the fullness of God's promise to eventually come to pass in your life. How many of you can say amen? And I want to encourage you, as we end the year, maybe there are many of you who are still praying for the promise of God to happen. Who are still praying for your prayers to be answered. I want to share with you here today. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop hoping. And don't stop anticipating. Because He who promised to the very end will always see the salvation of the Lord. We can say Amen. You will certainly see the promise of God coming to pass. But you must be willing to go through this season of Advent. Now church, just like Mary, I put up here in the computer screen, the picture, right? When Mary received, right, this uh, vision of of the Lord, the angel came, okay, right? And she said this, Mary, you are going to be used by God to bring this promise of God to come to pass. Okay, right? Now, Mary said, how can it be that I am only a virgin? But the Lord said, with God, nothing is impossible. Who can say amen? So friends, All your visions, all your dreams, all the things that you've been praying for, nothing is impossible before the Lord. But you must be willing to be like Mary over here. Alright? You must be willing to be used by God. You must be willing to go through season of doubt and yet hope in God and not lose hope in God to continue to believe that if God has promised to you, he'll be faithful to see it to the very end. Now, Mary here was going through a lot of things. Okay, right? When God promised to her that she is going to bring birth of the Messiah, she was feeling a lot of doubts. She was feeling a lot of fear. Okay, right? So, I want to encourage you today. When you're going through the same period like Mary, you know what? Follow what Mary did. Do you know Mary eventually became the mother of Jesus. But it was not easy. Because she had to go through a lot of self-doubt. She had to go through a lot of fear. She had to overcome fear. She had to overcome all the different things that is going to happen to her. And yet, she chose to trust God. Who can say Amen? Where did she find the strength from? Where did she get the inspiration from? Now, we found a clue because straight after this event, The Bible says, right, if you go to the next slide, right, Mary began to praise and worship God. Okay, right? And if you look at Luke chapter 1, verse 46 uh, to 55, it is known as the Mary's Magnificat. She began to praise and worship God. Now, from this Mary's Magnificat, actually, if you study it, she actually was inspired by who? By Hannah, the mother of Samuel. Ah. Where did she find the strength and the inspiration to keep on believing that she is going to birth off the promise of God into this world? She drew inspiration and strength from Hannah. Now look at this. This is found from from the gospel coalition, right? A cursory read through the hymn of Mary's Magnificat reminds the reader of Hannah's prayer of thanksgiving for the birth of a son, Samuel. The similarities between Hannah and Mary are striking, perhaps warranting a case of typology. You know what, church? Mary was feeling a lot of self-doubt. Now, maybe today, you are also going through a lot of self-doubt. You are going through a lot of fear. You are going through a lot of, you know, hopelessness. But this morning, through the prayer of Hannah, Just like Mary was inspired, I pray the Word of God will inspire you so that you will keep on hoping, keep on believing, and not lose hope in God because your future will certainly be bright in Jesus' name. How many of you can say amen? Let's give Jesus a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Through the prayer of Hannah. Now, you all know, Hannah went through a lot of things, right? Now, if you go right to the next slide, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 1, verse 1 to 8, okay, right? And it goes like this. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Church, this is a story of Hannah. Hannah was barren. And yet, Hannah had always wanted to have a son, a child. And yet, When the Lord closed her womb, she was suffering on the inside. Okay, right? Not only she was suffering on the inside because of her conditions, but look at what Hannah had to go through. The next slide. The first thing, she is living in a polygamous culture. She is living in a polygamous marriage. Now, many people tell me, Are you a pastor? You see, since the Bible indicates, right? that there are Bible heroes that have polygamous marriage. It means we Christians can also have two wives or three wives. Now guys, please, uh, you must know, just because it is stated in the Bible does not mean it is approved by God who can say Amen. Okay, say Amen. And if you really study the Bible, all the Bible heroes who had at least two wives or more, you take a look and you read, none of them have a happy life. They all suffer in life. And they all go through a lot of turmoil in their family and in their relationships. So therefore, please stick to just one wife who can say Amen. Who can say Amen. Hallelujah, right? Now, she is in a polygamous marriage. And every polygamous marriage, always there are troubles and problems on the inside. Relationship-wise or with their own children. Okay, right? So that's point number one. Number two, she is barren without a child. And church, you must know, during those periods, when a woman is barren without a child, she is regarded as a low-class society. She, therefore, does not live up to the cultural or to the social standard of that day as a woman. So not only she is suffering in her marriage, at the same time, when people look at her, she is seen as a second-class woman. Why? Because she cannot give birth, you know, to, uh, you know, to a child. And number three, she had to endure mockery almost every other day. Penina, the Bible says, daily, mock her, and every day she was reminded of her failure, which was not even her fault. How many of you can say Amen? Now, church, when you look at this situation. Right. This poor woman, polygamous marriage, barren without a child, and had to endure mockery almost every other day. Friends, how many of you know and how many of you agree it is very difficult to sustain her faith in God? It's very difficult to sustain her belief and hope that God is a good God. And yet, the Bible says she never loses hope in God. Now how many of you want to know what did Hannah do that caused Mary to also be inspired and as a result, Mary was able to give birth to the child to the Son of God Jesus Christ. Do you know how many of you want to know what to, uh, what did Hannah do? Amen right? Now the next slide, very important. This is a lesson. In crisis, learn like Hannah. In crisis, what you don't do, is equally important as what you need to do. Who can say amen? Church, when you're going through problem, when you're going through a crisis, when you're going through hopelessness, do you know what you don't do is equally important as what you need to do? Very often when our faith is suffering shipwreck, right? don't just focus on what I need to do. Also focus on on what I need to avoid doing. <laughs> okay? say amen? You know, when you are down, when your guard is down, right? When everything about you is not strong, you got to know what you need to avoid doing. And you also equally important. It's also equally important for you to know what you need to do. How many of you can say amen? Man or woman, this is exactly what you need to learn. Hannah, In her crisis, right, did two things. Number one, what did Hannah, what she didn't do, we also must learn. Okay, right? And what she didn't do is equally important to what she did. What she didn't do, number one. Okay, right? Listen, church. I think before that, okay, right? Uh, Before that. Is it the before slide? Ah, okay, right? This one, right? Oh, sorry. The next slide, sorry. Yeah, Okay, right? Yes. Now, what she didn't do is this. Friends, it is important for Hannah not to listen to the two voices of her life. The first voice is the voice of Penina. Penina kept on reminding her of her failures. Penina kept on telling her, you are not up to the world standard. You are not up to the cultural standard. And because you are not up to the cultural standard, therefore, you are second-class woman. Now, church, it is important that Hannah did not listen to the voice of Penina. And Penina symbolizes the voice of culture, the voice of the world. What the world is telling you concerning what is right according to their eyes. Listen, NBC, don't live according to what the the world says. Who can say Amen? Don't conform to the image of the world. Don't conform to what the world says, to what is good, what is popular. Because today, the world himself, the world herself is confused pertaining to what is wrong or what is right. They are confused, right? Even with their own biology. Now they are saying that men can even get pregnant. Now, I can tell you this. There are many young people are being actually (laughs) influenced into thinking that yes, men actually can get pregnant. Not by science, but by social media. Who can say amen? And you know what? They die, die, can argue with you. You are wrong, professor. I am right. Because who told you it's right? Because Mr. Hype Beast told me it's right. Mr. Dai told me that he's, it, it can happen. Mr. YouTube can tell me it happened. Mr. Miss Influencer tell me that it can happen. I can tell you this. With all those misinformation that is happening in this world, they are telling you pertaining to life, pertaining to the world, that it's not going to bring good things to your life. Actually, they are harmful towards you. And actually, when you look at all those situations, social media, what the world is telling you concerning what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is popular and what is not popular, and you put yourself against them, and you tell yourself, I'm so far short, I'm so far away, and therefore, according to them, I am a second-class citizen. No, you are not. Who can say amen? You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. And in the eyes of God, you are beautiful already. He loves you no matter what. Oh, but pastor, you know what? I don't live up to what the, the, the standard of the world is. I'm not an NUS graduate. You know, I'm not an NTU graduate. I don't do well in life. I don't do well in my studies. But who told you? Right. Just because you don't do well in studies, who told you that you are worthless in this world? How many of you can say amen? Because in the eyes of God, you are worthy. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have done. You are already worthy and you are loved in the eyes of God. Can you believe that? Now, the thing is this. It is important for Hannah to believe that and to not hear the voice of the world, the voice of Penina that just because you don't have a child, it means you are a second-class citizen woman in their culture. Don't listen to that who can say amen. That is the voice of Penina. Now, the second voice that she needs to avoid listening is the voice of Elcana. Somebody say with me, Elcana. Now, what is the voice of Elcana? Elcana said this, Hannah, why don't you want to eat? I purposely buy double portion to you because... I know that you are conditioned in your condition, you are lower than Penina. So therefore, I want to give you extra favor. I want to give you extra love. No. NBC, you also must remember, don't listen, right, to human beings, them trying to pity you. Because if you depend on people's pity on you, that is not sustainable to sustain your self-worth. Who can say amen? How many of you can say amen? A lot of people, just because they are going through very terrible condition, they are dependent on self-pity. They are dependent on other people's pity. Now, it's important that Hannah, over here, did not also hear and depend on Elkanah's pity on her. How many of you can say amen? Because, Human beings, being human, only so much that can show you favor or pity, it is never sustainable. Only God can always give you self-sustaining love in your life in Jesus' name. Now church, this is exactly what Hannah didn't do. She didn't hear and listen to those two voices because if you look at my computer screen over here, these two voices are presenting to Hannah, here's how you can be accepted and here's how you can be happy. Don't listen to them. Listen to the voice of God. How many of you can say amen? Let's give Jesus a big hand this morning. Hallelujah. So that is what she didn't do. Alright? Learn from here. Now, number two, you also must learn what she did. Okay, right? Now, what she did is this. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9 to verse 11. Okay? Can all of us read this verse? as an entire church. Let's all read this verse. 1 Samuel 1, 9 to 11. 1, 2, 3. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. Now, do you see the word Hannah stood up? The word Hannah stood up, in the Hebrew translation, is an idiom. It's an idiom, right? It's an idiom called kum. Now, the idiom kum literally means not only she stood up in terms of position, but she stood up and she began to take charge over her life. What she did was she stopped being passive and she started becoming active. So over here, it is not she just stand up. Over here, it literally means she changed her Posture. She changed her mindset. She changed her point of view. She changed her posture towards life. Pandangan hidup. Hallelujah. She changed. And you know what? She began to take charge. She began to say, enough is enough. I need to do something with my life with God. And she began to take charge over her life, over her condition, and over her situation. And she began to do something very radical. Very radical. That became the turning point of her life. How many of you want to know what she did? Lift up your hands. Okay, right? Let me tell you what she did. The next slide. Hannah prayed. Hallelujah. NBC said, Huh? Like that only, Pastor? If it is like that only, don't need to invite Pastor Aris. Just ask Pastor Stephen to continue to preach. From... Indonesian service Who can say amen Do you know This is the most radical thing That Hannah did And what is the radical thing that she did She prayed Pastor, bo. La de onia. ah, But it depends Because now She changed the way she prayed She didn't just pray the normal kind of prayer Now she changed her prayer and what is the most radical thing about her prayer that you and I need to learn? Uh, let's go to the next slide. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 to 11. Okay, right? Okay, yeah. Uh. What did he say? In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow. Ah, So that's the first thing she did. She made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Now church, many of us will look at this verse and say, yeah, this is the radical kind of prayer that Hannah made, and that's exactly what I will do as well. Lord, next year, if you finally give me the girlfriend, this girl that I've been eyeing for, that I've been liking the past 12 years, this girl who is in church and you know god that's the reason why i come to church it's because of this girl hallelujah right and god if you can just give me this girl right the girl of my dream i promise you lord next year for the rest of the year nbc 10 a.m and 12 p.m service i will attend i will go for water baptism right i will attend the bible study class lord i will make sure right that i will pay my vows Right? I will be committed to you. How many of you have this idea? This is the kind of prayer that we need to make to the Lord in order for God to move His hands to bless us. Right? So we said, oh God, you know what? Next year, if you make me a millionaire, okay, right? I will give you, right, my time. I promise you, Lord, right? During Christmas, I won't go overseas. I will attend service. You know what? This is the kind of prayer that all of us we that all of us Christians think that will move the hands of God. I can tell you this. Yes, it will move the hands of God, but it is not enough. <laughs> okay, say amen. Why? Because God is not a bargainer. God is not a business businessman. God is a giver. God doesn't need you to bargain with him. He's more than happy to give you all the blessings that you want in life because He's a God that He would like to fulfill the desires of your heart. Who can say Amen? But many of us think that this is how Christianity is. Right? In order for God to bless me, I need to do something for Him. So I make a vow. Okay, right? Lord, I give you my iPhone 14. Next say you give me iPhone 20. Right? Lord, I give you this. I give you my time. Next year you bless me with more sales. I do this next year. I promise I'll be committed to you. You will bless me with the guy of my dream, right? With Hume Bin, and then you will bless me, Father, with another, with another, uh, you know, with another blessing. I can tell you this: so many Christians, they are, they they lost their faith. They became disappointed with God because they think this is how God works. And so, when they give everything to get what they want, and yet, still the, 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 the prayers are not answered, many of them lose their faith and hope in God. And many of them, eventually, don't believe in God anymore. What about this? Lord, please help me so that my parents will stop quarreling. Lord, answer my prayer. I promise I'll be good to you. I promise that I will fast. I promise that I will go to church. I promise that I will pray. God, just please save my parents' marriage so that they will not be divorced. <laughs> and yet, they divorce. And many children, because of that, they lost their faith in God. Because they begin to think God is, un- God is not real. God is a difficult God. God is a terrible God. He make me suffer. And even after I've given everything to Him and promised to be good to Him, he is not. Santa Claus is even better than God. Church, I can tell you this. When you see this prayer, you think that this is the kind of prayer that you and I must make with God. Friends, yes, I believe that such prayer has its place and it has power in Jesus' name. Who can say Amen? And there are days that God wants you to make this kind of prayer. But you must notice, what did Hannah do? When Hannah made this prayer, not only the vow that impresses God, there is something else that is even more radical than this vow. You know what is it? Because at first, right? it sounded like she is bargaining with God. Now NBC, I want to ask you, can you bargain with God? You don't need to bargain with God. God will always give you free. <laughs> okay, say amen, right? God always wants to give you things free. He wants to give us freely. Freely, He gives us all things. Now, but then, look at what she did. Okay, right? It is not a bargaining kind of prayer. Now, if you go to the next verse, right? Look at 1 Samuel 1, 17, 18. Eli answered, Okay, right? Eli answered, Go in peace, And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Now take a look. Then she went her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Do you remember just now earlier, Elkanah was pleading with Hannah. Hannah, why don't you eat? Why is your face always downcast? Am I not worth more than ten sons to you? Why was Hannah downcast? Because she doesn't have a child. And she doesn't want to eat. But this time round, there is a difference. Now, if we go to the next slide, before we go back again to this slide. This is the radical prayer. If you take a look at bargaining prayer. Bargaining prayer will go like this. You pray, Right? Hannah prayed. Hannah must conceive first. Because her prayers got answered. And because her prayers got answered, she no longer downcast. Correct not? Hallelujah, right? You see, that's the thing, right? That's the thing with many of us Christians. You come to church, the pastor suddenly got shocked. Eh, how come you suddenly come, huh? You have not come for a long time, you know? Oh, pastor, God is good. All the time, God is good. Yesterday, I prayed. Argentina finally won, and I won ten thousand dollars. Hallelujah! Right, God is good because this year, God answered my prayer because I finally closed the biggest sale of my career. I got the biggest commission this year. Eh? How come you suddenly appear? How come this time round? Wow! Your praise and worship is the loudest, eh? Your voice from behind, I can hear you. Amen, right? You can hear, so, wow, you know, right? Sorakla, hallelujah. Wow. Jump, joy, scream, and yell. I say, wait, what happened to you, huh? Wow, Pastor. God is good. Because why? He answered my prayer. My son, finally, get into ACS. Independent, no? Not Barker, no? Hallelujah, right? Know, you know, right? And then you come to church, your chest higher. Amen, hallelujah, right? Wow, you see? My son, one entered into ACSI. My daughter entered into Singapore Chinese Girls. The other son, Hua Chong Institute. Wow. You're beaming. But Pastor Aris now cannot beam. The braces not nice. Hallelujah, right? Like this. You're happy. This is exactly because you prayed and God answered your prayer. Therefore, you're no longer downcast. You're on fire for God. You give more to the kingdom of God. You praise and worship God louder. You lift up your hands higher. Yeah, correct, right? That is bargaining prayer when your prayer got answered. But in the case of Hannah, it was not. Because this time around, after she prayed, the Bible says she no longer was downcast. After she prayed, she has surrendered everything to the Lord. And she said, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. If it is your will, then it will happen. But Lord, if it is not your will, then God, I am still happy. And I can still surrender myself to the Lord. I am happy right now with you. With or without a son. And I'm no longer downcast in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? That's the thing. The thing that you desire the most. Sometimes it's withheld, Not because God wants you to suffer. But maybe God wants you to know that this thing can become your idol. This thing can have a grip on you. And church, only God knows best for our life. Who can say amen? Because He's already waiting for us at the end of our life here leh. That means He knows Every single stage of your life What is good for you And what is not good for you Who can say Amen And what you need to do And what you must not do And so when you are here Praying God bless me You know what As you begin to release All control To the Lord And you say Lord You know what If it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't happen, Lord, I'm already content with you. I'm happy with you because you are already more than enough for me. You see, that's why Mary made the prayer. Let it be to me, according to your word. That's why Jesus prayed, Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I don't I no longer insist on my own way. I no longer insist on this boy to become my boyfriend now lord i'm open for you to give me the boy of your dream not my dream who can say amen but sometimes this boy that comes into your life is completely look like a nightmare not the boy of your dream but i can tell you this if you trust god if you know that god has his best for you god can turn the nightmare into a dream of your life, who can say Amen? And that's the thing. Hannah's prayer was radical. Why? Because when she prayed, right, she made a decision after she prayed. I no longer not going to be downcast. I choose to be happy. If I, even if God doesn't give me a child, I'm happy. Even if God doesn't bless me, I'm happy. How many of you can say Amen? And you know what, friends? The moment she stopped feeling downcast, the Bible say, if you go back again to the, next, to the previous verse, early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Eventually, right, the Lord bless her and gave her a child called Samuel friends that's exactly what Hannah did I want to encourage you NBC as we end this year maybe there are many things that God have yet God's promise have yet to come to pass maybe there are many things that God's your prayer has not been answered but you must learn to be like Hannah today you must make a radical prayer to the Lord and you say, Lord, before I end this year, I'm not going to end this year sulking, complaining. I'm not going to end this year comparing myself to other people's blessing. I'm not going to end this year complaining to you how bad you are as God <laughs> for not blessing me enough. I'm going to end this year. My, down, my face, no more downcast. I'm going to end this year praising you, glorifying your name thanking you for all the blessing that you have given to me. And even if those prayers have not been answered, I am still going to be happy with God. I am still going to be content with God because God, only you alone, is enough for me. How many of you can say amen? Let's give Jesus a big round of applause. Hallelujah. <coughs> you know what? I want to end. Look at this. The pattern that Hannah discovered. And that is exactly the same pattern that Mary drew inspiration from. If you go to the next slide. The next slide after this. The pattern is that Hannah realized that her sorrow, the waiting, the, con- the situation that she was going through are not curses. But they are conditions for God's amazing grace to bring glory into her life. Friends, those period of waiting that God made Israel to do. 2,000 years. 400 years of silence. Those are not curses. But those are actually conditions that will ultimately bring the Son of Man, Emmanuel, into this world on Christmas Day. Who can say Amen? Those are conditions. Your waiting, your sufferings, they are not curses. Do you know they are conditions for God to eventually bring the promise of God into your life. And I can tell you this, at the end of the day, when that promise finally happens, you will not just be happy for that promise. You will be happy because you have obeyed the Lord and Jesus will be the ultimate embodiment of the climax of the pattern of that salvation. How many of you can say amen? You will bring glory to Jesus. And when others look at you, They'll be inspired just like how Mary was inspired. You will bring strength to other people because of your endurance and your tenacity and your faith in God. And you will cause others to believe in Jesus because you embodied the person of Jesus in your life. NBC, this is my last sermon for the year. And I want to end by asking and by telling this you know what, I've been really meditating on the children of Israel, crossing into the promised land. And in Exodus chapter 33, the Bible says this, God brought Moses to the peak of Mount Sinai. And at the peak of Mount Sinai, they could see the promised land. They could have just walked one straight line, and in 40 days, they could have hit the promised land already. But Exodus 33, do you know Exodus 32? They just committed the sin of idolatry. They just built a golden calf, and they worshiped the golden calf. In Exodus 32, and yet in Exodus 33, verse one, the Lord spoke to Moses, and He said this: Moses, you guys go ahead to the promised land. Whatever things that I promise you, it will all come to pass, just as I promised to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Promise. Can you imagine? After you have sinned against God, God still did not deny his promise to his children who can say amen. And then number two, he said this, you go in and I'll make sure I'll send an angel before you. And then the angel will protect you and I will give you victory over all your enemies. Can you imagine? Even after you have sinned against God, God also will not deny victory over your life. How many of you believe that God is a good God who can say Amen? But, before all of us say, you know, can you imagine if today God said to you, NBC, 2023, right? You go in lah, 2023. All your prayers will be answered. Despite what you have done this year, all your prayers will be answered. And you will have victory over all your enemies. Wow, all of us will be wholesale lah. Okay lah okay right, God. I accept it. You know, right? This kind of deal, I take it. Right? Since you said, I can do anything, and even if I sin against you, you won't hold it against me, you know what? I will take it. I will take everything that you said. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what God was actually challenging Moses and the Israelites. But, before you say, say, leo God. Before you say, "Wow, okay leo lah. Long chong take. God said, but I will not go with you. My presence will not go with you. You see, this is the challenge. If God were to promise you all the blessing that you have been praying for, and yet those promises come without Him, will you still accept it or not? Because I want to tell you this. Winning in life without God is not winning. Winning in life without God can never bring fulfillment in your life. Only winning in life with God brings pure joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment. How many of you can say Amen? Why? Because ultimately, it is God that we need. Not Ferrari or Lamborghini. Not another second, third, fourth property. But it is God. Because with God, He will give you all the properties that you need. All the vehicles that you need. All the blessing that you need. Can be found in Jesus Christ. Who can say Amen. And that is why, just like Hannah, end this year, be a God chaser. Don't be a property chaser. Don't be a money chaser. Don't be a rat. Don't be in a rat race, chasing after prestige. Right, accomplishment. Yes, go for it, but make sure you go after it with God, not by your own strength. And that's exactly what God taught Hannah over here. And because of that, Mary, when she realized such a huge task that is ahead of her, she drew inspiration from Hannah, and she was able to last through those periods where he had to go through with Joseph, where they have no in to give birth to, remember? <laughs> right? She didn't know, no, that it would happen like that. She thought that, wow, I'm going to give birth to the Son of God. That means God will give me extra favor. That means when hospital beds are full, but because, hey, you know who am I not? Mary. La. I'm going to give birth to Jesus. La. Immediately, right? All the hospital bed empty. And they are given a class A, single, single bed. No, lucky worse. Even when she said, I'm gonna give birth to Jesus. Sorry, no pake. The hospital is still full. She still cannot find a place to give birth to Jesus. And she had to travel far and wide, going after in after in hardship, suffering, problem, trouble to give birth to Jesus. And yet she did not give up. Why? Because she drew inspiration from Hannah. Friends, I hope that tonight, this morning, all of us will draw the same inspiration from Hannah. Don't give up. Be a God chaser. And God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. And everybody say, Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Come on, give God a big hand. Friends, let's all stand up on your feet. You know, this morning, right, we sang this song, right? Uh, You know, I see you move. You move the mountains, right? We are waiting for the walls to come down. We're waiting for the walls of Jericho to come down. I tell you, this season is a season where God wants to turn your waiting into prevailing. God wants to turn your season of anticipation into a season of fulfillment. But you must not give up hope. You must trust the Lord. And you must be like Hannah today. Put your trust in Jesus. Because if you chase after God, God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. This morning, I want to make a prayer with you. Can you agree with me that I will not make my prayer desires, my prayer answers to be my idols? Don't let those prayer answers to become the determining factor of your happiness and joy. Can you, can you do that? We can say amen. But can you make Jesus... To become the source of joy in your life. Don't make accomplishment your source of joy. Don't make money your source of joy. Don't make prayer answers as your source of joy. Today, change your change your face and count, change your countenance. I want you to walk out of this place happy. Not because I let you go, you know. Happy because you and God are enough already this year and next year. Who can say amen? You know, if that's you, I want to lift up your hands. And I want you to begin to pray in the Spirit for a while. I want everybody to say this prayer together with me. If today you have been blessed by the Word, and today you say, Pastor, that is me. Today, I want to be like Hannah. I no longer want to be downcast. Just because I'm still waiting for my prayer answers. Today, I'm going to change my countenance. I'm going to be happy with or without the prayer answers, with God, I already have everything. Friends, if that is you, and if that's what you want to surrender to the Lord, you say, Pastor, but it is difficult. I know. But I can tell you this. If you surrender it, you will find a greater joy and a greater source of fulfillment in your life. Friends, if that is you, I want you to lift up your hands at the count of three. And when I see that hand, just quickly put it down. And I want everybody here in this church to pray together with me to end this year strong and well in Jesus' name. If That is you. One, two, three. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Father, you see those hands that are lifted up. Now everybody, just lift up your hands right now. And I want everybody to say this prayer together with me. Dear Jesus, I surrender my life, my period of waiting, my unanswered prayer, I give it all to you. Today, I want to be like Hannah. My countenance, no longer downcast. I'm going to trust in you. Believe in you. That with you, I have more than enough. I surrender my will to your will. Let it be to me according to your word. Jesus, I give you my life. I love you. You are more than enough for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now I want you to surrender your life right now. Surrender your prayer, your your unanswered prayer, your unanswered promise. All those promises that you are still waiting, that is causing you to be so frustrated. That is causing you to be. That is affecting you, your joy, affecting your joy affecting your peace affecting your faith in God let it go just let it go let it go let it go let it go thank you Jesus hallelujah let it go Jesus thank you Lord Jesus see you move And I believe I see you do it again. again. And I believe where there was no way. And I believe I see you do it again. I see, I see you do it again. One more time, I'll see you do it again, I'll see you do it again, lift up your hand, your promise still stand, great is your faithfulness, yes. Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You never failed me yet You never failed me yet You never failed me yet. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to thank you. Lord, I pray that tonight, this morning, the Word of God will sink deep into every single person's heart so that everyone, faith will arise so that they will not lose hope, lose faith in life. They will keep on believing. They will keep on working hard, trusting in you because with you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible. But Lord, it doesn't mean everything will be easy. But Father, we know with You, with Your grace, I can overcome every mountain. And so Father, let us not give up hope. I pray that You bless us. And as we continue to trust You, Lord, next year, it will be a year of fulfillment, a year of prevailing for all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout. Let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. woo Hallelujah When I think of your heaven and the work of your fingers the moon and the stars, the sun and the sky that you sat in place. ¡Suscríbete